0: Hello, Hellcats, and welcome to Ew That's Creepy Podcast. We are back with another unsolved mystery that occurred in Japan. Melissa will tell Jackie about a serial killer who targeted their victims through vending machine poisonings all over Japan. Please be aware that this episode will discuss poisoning, suicide, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Hello, creepy cats! Welcome back to You Then Creepy podcast. Jackie and I have another little unsolved Japanese mystery for you today. If you guys came back after the last one since it was a lot, we hope you guys are recovering. (laughs) Because I'm still shook. I know. That one was short, but man, just that was so brutal. It was all I needed. (laughs) I couldn't take any more. Those are the ones that honestly keep me up at night. Things like that, scarier than a horror movie, because you just think of someone doing that and returning home and never being caught. Like, honestly, the scariest thing I could ever think of. Yeah, it is really crazy thinking that that was somebody, a friend to other people. Right. Weird, weird, weird. Today's case is definitely a crazy one, but... Not as outwardly brutal as the last, thank God, but worse in other ways. So, let's just get right into it. This case is known as the Vending Machine Murders. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. Also known as the Paraquette Murders. And this, all of these murders, because unfortunately there are quite a couple, took place in Western Japan during 1985. A little bit of background. Vending machines are incredibly popular in Japan. Obviously in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, vending machines were more popular. Now... We can order everything. Everything's at the touch of our fingertips and things like that. So I don't think that vending machines are as crazy in the United States, at least, as they used to be. Oh, I still think, I think they're decently popular if you work somewhere in a building with a lot of people. Because I will say in my work, people use the vending machines all the time. We have them. But it's just pop and chips and chips. Now you know, nothing good, in my opinion. <laughs> we have them in our, our office, and I say the same thing as well. I just don't, nothing in the vending machine ever is calling me, but there are some people who religiously go to the vending machine. No Sometimes hate. when I'm, like, really, really tired, I feel like just tasting something will bring me back to life. Like, I need to taste something very strong, so then I'll go get, like, a Dr. Pepper or a Coke. Oof. Dr. Pepper right now but now that everyone who is listening this to this after you are done go watch a video just type it on YouTube vending machine park in Japan there are videos of people who will go to it will be literally just hundreds of vending machines all lined up that are working and I've been watching videos lately of people going to them in Japan and just spending probably like Well, a couple hundred yen, a couple thousand yen, and they will get so much food because you can get full noodle bowls and soups and things Mm. like that out of a vending machine there. Yum. I'm going to be hungry. Well, maybe not after this episode. (laughs) But so in Japan, vending machines, they also with snacks and drinks and hot food, they can sell cigarettes, alcohol... Pantyhose, accessories. Wow, in the future as always compared to the US. I know, I heard at one point even like pornographic magazines, but a, a, literally everything you could think of was being sold in vending machines. An introvert's dream, <laughs> <laughs> aka me. <laughs> Well, we will have to go sometime. Yeah, don't make me talk to anybody. Let me buy absolutely everything out of a vending machine (laughs) with no socialization necessary. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Jackie's perfect day. Mm. So, in 1985, the Otsuka Pharmaceutical Company announced a new marketing campaign where you could potentially receive two drinks for the price of one from one one of their vending machines. It was one drink specifically, a citrus vitamin drink called Oranamin C. (laughs) It said it was mostly popular with adult men. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it was just more marketed towards men, but it was basically an orange vitamin drink that people could get. Like Gatorade or like carbonated? I think it was when I was reading it, I was picturing a vitamin C drink that sometimes people drink in the morning or when you're sick. I don't think it was a sports drink. It was like Mm. a vitamin type of drink. Okay. Does it matter? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, it doesn't. I'm just trying to taste it in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine the taste of it. You know. Jackie's just setting the mood, visualizing herself in Japan in 1985, being an adult man going to a vending machine for an Aroniman C. (laughs) Yum. It's delicious. So, like I was saying, the pharmaceutical company who made this drink, they were running a promotion where you could potentially get two drinks from the vending machine and... People were loving it because you could potentially get an extra drink for free. But not everyone wanted the extra drink. So it was pretty common for people to just leave it in the dispensing slot or even to take it out and put it on top of the vending machine. So on April 30th, 1985, a 52-year-old man named Haru Otsu was on his way to go fishing. He stopped in Fukuyama, Hiroshima, to pick up some drinks at a vending machine. He purchased a bottle of Aronaman C from the vending machine, but then he spotted another bottle that was sitting unopened on top of the machine. And so he just assumed that, of course, the person in front of him had gotten two and only wanted one. So, he took the free bottle. Haru drank the first bottle without issues, and he started to begin to drink the second. But he couldn't even finish it because he started to feel sick. And as the day progressed, he started to feel intense stomach pain. He went to the hospital near his home and... Doctors discovered internal chemical burns and concluded that he had to have consumed poison. Dear God. Oh, no. Not from the freaking, what's it called? Aroniman C. Aroniman C. But by the time that he came in, even though it was literally that day, there was nothing that the doctors could do to reverse the effects, and he passed away shortly later. Oh, my God. That's. So sad. That's horrible that he had to just die, I'm sure, a painful death. I know. And doctors later confirmed that he had consumed a poison, um, specifically paraquette, an incredibly potent chemical that is used to kill weeds and plants. And it was really popular because of how quickly it could destroy weeds and police used it a lot of the time to kill marijuana plants so that's just letting you know like how toxic this chemical was it would just start destroying a surface the second it was sprayed on something i even read in one of the articles that i will link that it could destroy the surface of your skin if it was dropped oh so does not seem like they should be using it then but okay well, I guess that's just one of those things, you know, for farmers and people back in the 1980s, there were a lot of chemicals that people yeah, used true. to kill weeds and plants and everything. I bet now they might not use it, but... I think it's still sold today. Oh, okay, never mind. I just won't be using it. <laughs> be careful with your paraquette, people. Yeah, and once it enters your kidneys, it becomes circulated through your body, and the damage cannot be undone after that. Damn. So it's a very horrible death, a very painful death. Um, police and investigators, they did what they could to find the killer, but they didn't really have a lot to go on. There were not a ton of surveillance cameras in the area, and there weren't any witnesses who had seen someone leaving a drink, taking a drink, nothing. There was only Haru at the vending machine, so police honestly had nothing. Does the poison have a taste? Do you know? I am not sure. Because, I don't know. Because it's like, I feel like it'd be like if you sip something that say had bleach in it you would automatically be like oh what the hell but then I know that they say that um antifreeze has like a sweet taste so you can put it in something and not be able to tell I imagine it would have a taste but I think because it was so damaging and corrosive to anything I think that the killer put it in there not even caring if you drank the whole thing yeah that is true just like For evil purposes, obviously. Because the first victim died and he only had half. And he died within a couple of days. Yikes, that's awful. So, just crazy. And it's like, you're, you know, I just don't get it because you're not gonna see them suffer. It's just such a weird thing to do. Yeah, we'll actually, we'll talk about that at the end. But the next few months went by in. Tokyo in the Western Japan area without any incidents. But a few months later, on September 11th, 1985, the perpetrator struck again. I'm not sure of the second victim's name because all of the articles, again, are, well, a lot of the articles were translated from Japanese. There were only a couple pieces of... Literature from the United States that were written, specifically a New York Times article. So I don't have every single victim's name, but the second victim was a 52 year old man who purchased an Oranaman seed drink. He had seen another left in the vending machine slot, so he took that. And three days after he had consumed the drink, he died from poisoning. A few days later, a 22-year-old student had also consumed a free drink left in a vending machine. And tragically, he passed away as as well within the next two days. Wow. So... That's crazy. This person went from not killing for four or five months or so, however long, and then they just killed two different men in the matter of a couple days. That's so strange. I wonder what they were doing in that time. Throughout September, 5 people passed away due to poisoned drinks. I ha, I'm surprised they aren't saying, "Stop using like telling people publicly, I'm sorry, but you guys need to stop using vending machines or buying aronaminsee, <laughs> <Aronimacy. laughs> <Yeah>, c whatever." <laughs> 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 But, yeah, and it's also strange because the (laughs) location... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. You're good. Mm -hmm. It's also strange because the locations were scattered. They weren't just in one city. Maybe that's why they weren't quick to have this announcement because there were vending machines that were hit in Osaka. Um. Miyazaka a bunch of different little cities and it was also being said that the vending machines were not in popular places the person who was doing this was strategically choosing vending machines that were in quieter neighborhoods in quieter areas they weren't doing this on a busy street where or an office building or anything like that that makes sense I guess for them not to say anything then. In October, four more men were killed due to the poisonings. So that's nine people. And in November, two more men were killed as well. That's crazy. And it's crazy that it's all men. Yes. Good point. Well, I guess they're the only ones who are really buying the drinks. As, yeah, we'll talk about that. As the poisonings continued, police now have a serial killer on their hands. It's still very difficult, though, to track down who the person was. It didn't actually seem like the more poisonings they were getting closer. They had vending machines all over western Tokyo that were being hit all over western Japan. And... There wasn't really any surveillance as well. There wasn't video surveillance at any of the vending machines that police could use. There weren't any witnesses who came forward either to say that they had seen people around the vending machine or placing drinks in the vending machine. And I never read in any of the articles that they were able to collect fingerprints or DNA evidence or anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised because someone else would be grabbing it and it would be like touching the machine. It's still just like. It's wow. literally, literally a needle in a haystack trying to find one person in Japan in Tokyo. It's just crazy. The best bet to halt their perpetrator was for beverage and vending machine companies to issue a warning. Uh, I will say the Japanese Soft Drink Bottlers Association blamed consumers for not checking to see if the bottles were untampered with. They basically said that you there are, of course, labels that you have to break. You know, those little plastic pieces you have to break when you open a bottle. And that is true, but I think it kind of rubbed people the wrong way that that was their one of their answers was that people should check the drinks first and be more careful. Yeah, if it was obvious, I don't think people would still drink it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. it was somehow put back together. At least it looked like almost where you would be like, eh, I don't know, right? But thankfully, the Japanese Soft Drink Bottlers Association did produce over a million stickers that were placed on vending machines Warning consumers not to drink any free drinks that were left. Vending machine operators and drink companies also were putting their own warnings around vending machines. And police were now handing out safety pamphlets, safety leaflets throughout Tokyo, advising to check machine slots before buying any drinks and to make sure that when you do get a drink from a vending machine, it's always good to check if the safety seal is still intact, even if it did just fall out. So, you know, everyone did step up and start doing their part after they realized how serious this was. Did they stop running the promo for the drink? and Were you to get the free one? I believe so. Okay. On November 24th, 1985, the first female victim sadly, was killed due to drinking a poisoned drink. A 17-year-old girl from Saitama was killed after drinking a free beverage. It is crazy, though, because after this and after it was announced publicly that this 17-year-old high school student had been killed, the poisoning stopped completely. For good. Hmm. Wow. That's so weird. I wonder if it's the fact that they were younger in high school or if it's because they were a girl. Well, they had originally... One of their first victims was a 22-year-old boy. Yeah, that's true. Was it the same drink? I don't know because... I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just said uh, a drink. They didn't... And I don't know if... I don't believe every single drink was an Aroniman C. Maybe it was... I'm not certain because they don't give every single detail to the public. They were just saying a free drink from the machine. So it didn't say in the articles after the first Aroneman it didn't say specifically. I think that people also just point to that as being the starting point because when the promotion was going on was when this was happening more often. That's, There were 35 poisonings total over those couple of months. And all those people died? No, 11 people passed away, unfortunately, which is just so tragic and crazy that 11 different people lost their lives simply because they were just trying to get a drink from a vending machine. And 30-some got poisoned, like... Even for the survivors, that was clearly an extremely painful and, I'm sure, traumatic experience. Yeah, all of these people had to be rushed to the hospital, of course. And it's just so... I can't even believe that someone also had the balls to almost 40 times put a tampered with drink in a vending machine. It's so ruthless police hoped that a witness or some sort of evidence would come forward. They also thought maybe the person would come forward. Maybe they would brag. Sometimes people in those cases will taunt the police, call them those types of things, but there was nothing in this case, nothing. The only thing that police and investigators could do was speculate on who committed the crimes What motive this person would have. Many people like Jackie brought up the fact that perhaps the killer was potentially a woman, maybe someone who just disliked men for whatever reason. It does seem to fit because Euroniman C was primarily a drink for men for whatever reason that was at the time. The vending machines were in spots that People said could be believed that women wouldn't go to these spots all the time. I'm not certain exactly what that means, but they did say that it was low-trafficked areas. So maybe these vending machines were just in a quiet, dimly lit corner that women aren't typically going to frequent. And also the fact that the poisoning's completely stopped after the 17-year-old female had passed away. So... I don't know. That could be. But at the same time, that would be a pretty unhinged motive because you don't know who's picking up that drink. It'd be a pretty bold assumption to say that you think a man is going to drink it every single time. Yeah, I kind of think that was just a coincidence and that was just the fact that the drink was, like, free. Like, there was just one available for someone to take in poison and it just happened to be that that drink was marketed to men and that they were the ones actually going there to a vending machine and getting it. Right. It would be different if it was, like, the drink was purchased at a store, you know? Right, yeah, it's just, it does seem also like coincidental people think that gender the poisoning stoppings with the female victim being killed is also coincidental because a lot of people point out to the fact that japanese police were really amping up their investigation and distributing these leaflets and things like that so maybe it was just coincidental that they stopped after this because the investigation was getting more hot hotter And I read, I swear, one article said that a woman had been poisoned before. So I'm not sure if maybe women just hadn't died before. I'm not sure what, but some, on one hand, it's like, oh, okay, does kind of seem maybe like they were targeting men. But on the other hand, it also just seems like a coincidence that they were probably just... It started off with the promotion of a Roniman seed, just because of the promotion. I don't honestly, I don't know if it had anything to do with the drink itself. Yeah. I feel like maybe when it was someone who was 17 and younger, maybe the person was just like, all right, you know, that's enough. This is like, I don't know, maybe gotten out of hand. Maybe they thought a kid could be next. Who knows? I agree. It could be anything. The Chicago Tribune reportedly had a number of experts and psychologists evaluate the crimes and think of a potential motive or even a criminal profile. And this was interesting because this group of experts and doctors believed that perhaps the intense cultural work ethic pushed onto Japanese society at the time was to blame maybe the overcrowded communities and this high stress career where everyone was working all the time. Maybe that this mix of things going on in Japan in the 1980s caused someone to want to just snap and harm others within their community, which does make sense as well. Uh, It could be both. Maybe it's a woman who is working in an office full of men or something like that. Maybe just someone in general who was angry at life, angry at the Japanese government. A mental break. Mm Mm-hmm. I do wonder if it is a woman just because don't they say that women are the type where they do poison more often because you don't have to look at the person face to face and you don't have to use any I muscle think so. yeah, or things like that I do wonder if it maybe it could be a woman I'm not saying they hate men but maybe just a woman in the, that fact that sometimes females do those crimes but I don't know because men also do crimes where they you know do the same thing but just a thought <laughs> What's sad about this case and what I think the psychological evaluation of the killer is sad because there were some copycats after where some people did start to poison other things and leave them in places. It wasn't vending machines, but it said that someone at one point had left poison milk containers in schools. Okay, that's too much. What the hell? So it is kind of crazy like after this people saw an opportunity and as sad as it is some people tried to continue these poisonings of products and drinks and sadly they also said that the rise in suicide of people drinking paraquette increased after this. I could not imagine why anyone would choose that method but I'm just like why would you drink poison but okay. So it's just, it's just so sad because it's like, this case is scary on such a psychological level because the amount of people it affected. Yeah. You affected people who are now terrified to just walk up to a vending machine. You've inspired other people to try and do copycats. There are people out here drinking it to end their lives. It's just so sad how like psychologically this did disrupt society a little bit at that time. And it's horrible, but to this day, this case remains unsolved. There is someone out there who knows that they poisoned almost 40 people and apparently never came forward. And if they mentioned it to someone, we don't know because the murder stopped in 1985 and that was where things were left. That's crazy and it's just... There's just so many people, and it's in such a populated area, I really don't think they'll ever solve it, to be honest. But it's crazy that it did affect that many people, much less that many people were actually poisoned. It's crazy that you think about the type of person that would do that. What if a dad bought a drink and on the way home, his six-year-old kid is like, I want some. Exactly. If you're the type of person doing this poisoning, I feel like you have to know that anyone could have a sip of this drink and you are literally fine murdering anyone. What if you're... Someone in your family went and got a drink and got a free one from the vending machine. Like... Exactly. It's crazy because in some ways, this killer is just as scary, if not scarier, than the killer in the last episode. Like... Yeah, because this person's, like, people... 11 well 10 people died before you were finally like okay that's enough and then the 11th for whatever reason even though there were 30 people that got poisoned it still kept going even though they saw what was happening yeah it's creepy because the motive in the last episode was definitely like sexual power driven motives this one is just crazy because it is power driven but more in just a fuck society type of way which is really hard it's hard to understand honestly it's hard to understand someone who would just want to target random people that could be their neighbor family member friend anyone but oh we could talk about that forever so yeah we seriously could but that is just really scary to think about that there was someone who, who did that and never got caught. It reminds me of Death Note. Like, just sitting there wreaking havoc, like, watching the world around you and un- being engulfed in the havoc that you created and just carrying on like you're a normal person. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Well, uh, that was the vending machine murders in Japan. Let us know if you guys would like us to do more overseas cases mysteries that type of thing let us know if you just want more mysteries like this where you could think about them for days and hours upon end let us know yeah we love mysteries that's definitely my one of my favorite like types of cases so if you guys like mysteries we will always do more of those but they do make me they keep me up at night of course (laughs) me too so, yeah, let us know what you guys want to hear. And thank you for listening to another episode of Ooh, That's Creepy Podcast. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram already, make sure you are. We are at Ooh, That's Creepy Podcast. And we will see you guys next time for another episode. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ooh, That's Creepy Podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.